Chapter 28 of Campfire Girls at Twin Lakes. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Lucy Burgoyne. Campfire Girls at Twin Lakes, or The Quest of a Summer Vacation by Stella M. Francis. Chapter 28. A Bump on the Head. Suddenly, Helen Nash's memory served her so well that she regained control of her wits with a shock. Here is what she remembered. I don't want them to scare you with a ghost. These words uttered by little Glenn, just before his warning speech was interrupted, by the appearance of Addie Graham at the girls' camp. That recollection was enough for Helen. There was nothing tenuous, elusively subtle, or impenetrably mysterious any longer about the ghostly apparition. Little Glenn had something very clear and definite in his mind when he made that remark. Her muscle having relaxed from their rigid strain of superstitious suspense, Helen reached for the ammunition sling that she had placed beside her, and drew therefrom one of the catapults they had made in the afternoon, also a pebble about the size of a marble, and fitted the latter in the pocket of the weapon. Then she drew back the pocket and the pebble, stretching the rubber bands as far as she could extend them, and took careful aim. Helen had practiced with this weapon a good deal in the last two or three hours, and acquired considerable proficiency for so short a period of experience. Moreover, she was skilled in amateur archery, and could pull a bow with a strong right arm. This experience, together with a general systematic athletic training at school, rendered her particularly well adapted for her present undertaking. The other girls, under the spell of all fascination which had seized and held Helen before it was broken by a sudden jog of her memory, knew nothing of what was going on in their midst until they heard the snap of the rubber bands. And doubtless it would have taken them considerable time to fathom it, had the pebble shooter's aim not proved to be remarkably good. It struck the ghost on the head. Of course, even Helen could not follow the pebble through the air with her eyes, nor could she see where it struck, but other unmistakable evidence informed her as to the trueness of her aim and the effect of the blow. A sharp thud informed her that she had hit something of substantial resistance, and the next bit of evidence broke the spell for the other girls, with a realization of what had taken place. The ghost wavered and seemed about to topple over, at the same time emitting a groan of pain which proved him to be thoroughly human. Helen was frightened, but there was a new kind of awe in this fright. All suggestion of superstition had left her, and in its place was the dread that she might have killed a man. The latter dread, however, was soon dispelled. 
The ghost did not fall. He staggered, it is true, evidently the pain of the blow had stunned him considerably, but he managed to put speed into his pace, although the evidence of his suffering was even greater after he began to run. In a minute he disappeared in the darkness of the timber. "'My, that was a good shot, Helen!' Ethel Zimmerman exclaimed, "'and he will surely wear some lump on his head for some time to come.' "'I was afraid I pulled too hard,' Helen replied with a sigh of relief, "'and believe me, I'd rather be scared by a ghost several times over than with the prospect of having a murder record. Who is he? Have you any idea? Violet asked. Can't you guess? Helen answered. Isn't he someone connected with the Graham family? What was he trying to do, scare us? Julietta inquired, addressing the question as much to herself as to anybody else. I should imagine something of the kind, although he may be the crazy man the Graham girls spoke about, said Helen. I don't believe there is any such person, Miss Ladd volunteered at this point. Then why did they suggest such an idea? Violet questioned. I don't know, unless it was to frighten us, the Guardian replied. Frighten us away from here? Harriet supplemented. Exactly, said Helen. That's my theory of the affair. Don't you remember what Glen Irving said just before Addie Graham put in her appearance and cut short our interview with the boy? He said something about ghosts, Harriet recalled. Not about ghosts, but a ghost, Helen corrected. It made quite an impression on me. Didn't any of you wonder what he meant? I did, announced Violet, and I remember exactly what he said. It was this. I don't want them to scare you with a ghost. Those were the very words, Helen declared. How do you get the connection between that remark and what just took place? Glenn had heard them talking over their plans. Isn't it all very clear? At least it is very interesting, commented Miss Ladd. Since you have got so near a solution of this affair, perhaps you'll go a step farther and tell your interested audience who that ghost was, Ruth Hazelton suggested. Oh, no, I wouldn't be so rash as that, Helen responded. But if I were going to write to Mrs. Hutchins tonight, I would suggest to her that, if Mr. Pierce Langford should return to Fairbury in the next week or two, she might have somebody examine his head for a bump. A prenological bump, inquired Harriet, the walking dictionary. There was a general laugh. Not a prenological bump, Helen answered. End of chapter 28